A special announcement before we get started. Enrollment to Mind Over ARE is officially open. We only open a couple times a year and it is currently open. So you can head over to the website dci.beyoungdesign.com slash mind dash over dash ARE. This is my signature program where you learn the four essential pillars that you need to pass the ARE. I literally give you a proven blueprint to becoming a licensed architect. But here's the thing. The enrollment period is literally only a couple days. So if you're listening to this, the doors are still open. Go get in right now while you can. Come join me. We already are starting to see incredible people come in, and I cannot wait to get started. Okay, let's start the show. Welcome to Design, Create, Inspire with me, Bryn Young. I'm an architect and entrepreneur with a background in interior design and small business management. I have been running a successful award-winning architecture firm for over six years, and I'm here to discuss all things design and business. There are over 1 million podcasts to choose from, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I hope to bring you value with every episode I create, so let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Design, Create, Inspire. It has been way too long since I have sat in front of this camera and said hello and talked to you. I am going to make a whole other episode about where I've been, what I'm doing, what the goals are, what's going on. Um, In the meantime, I had to make kind of like an emergency episode um, because there are a lot of changes happening right now in California regarding single family residences. And so I have been getting pretty much like bombarded with uh, questions about this from clients, from contractors, from other people, like what is going on? How is this going to affect pretty much suburbia or housing as we know it? So I'm on here today to give you a real quick rundown on this new law SB9. So I am obviously new to this bill as well. It just was signed into law by Gavin Newsom. A little over a week ago now, I think it was around the 16th that it was signed into law. Today is the 27th, so it's brand new. And um, this means that all of us are dissecting it, figuring out what this means, how this is going to affect um, any homeowners, how it's going to affect us as architects, contractors in the residential realm. So what exactly is going on? The way I'm looking at it and the way I'm hearing it is like, um, well, not looking at it. What I'm going to talk to you about today is essentially like, is suburbia as we know it today essentially dead? Now I'm going to dissect that a little bit before I tell you my answer because uh, it's a little loaded. So let me just break it down real quick. What is going on? So SB9 is a new bill that just was uh, signed into law that will go into effect January 2022, so just in a couple months here. And essentially, it is saying a lot zoned for single family residences will be allowed to have up to four single family residence buildings essentially on that lot. And so when we first hear that, this is like, what? Oh my gosh, we can, we can 
subdivide our lots. We can have four houses on here. Um, the developers are going to start coming in and, uh, you know, it's no longer going to be neighborhoods as we see them today. But I'm going to go into it a little bit, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. This is a bill to help improve um, the housing as we know it. We have a crazy shortage of housing in California. This is a way to provide more housing. Um, but with this comes a lot of NIMBYs, and NIMBYs in this um, realm stands for not in my backyard. So you have these people who, yeah, they are for more housing and we don't, you know, we want to help this housing crisis, but we don't want it in our backyard. I want my big lot with my single house and I want there not to be a bunch of people on my street and whatnot. So there's kind of this dichotomy of how we provide more housing, keep people happy, do all that. So this is a law to allow single family residences, but within a more dense environment. So is suburbia killed? I would say yes and no. So there are nearly two thirds of residences in California that um, live, that are zoned for single family residences. So um, single family homes, essentially. So that's a huge amount. It's something that a lot of us really love. We love our single family houses. We don't want to be back to back with someone else. We don't want to live on top of someone else. So this is something that I think is important, um, but it's also something that can create issues and we just don't have enough land. So we need to be able to figure out how to make this work. So um, as much as I was reading a report, um, let me see, by UC Berkeley, um, and as much as three quarters of the developable land in the state is zoned for single family housing. So that just doesn't allow enough um, buildings to house all of our people. So essentially right now, as we know it, single family lots aren't in existence. And you might think, well, that's not true because I live on a single family lot and I have a house and no other property on my lot and so does my neighbor and so does my neighbor and so does my neighbor. But the thing is, is there's ADUs now. So accessory dwelling units are allowed on single family houses, uh, lots. And this is a law that's put into place by the state. And then the different cities adopt this law and slightly tailor it to how they feel is fit. Um, but essentially you can have an ADU, which is essentially another single family residence within your space. So I want to show that we can already have more than one house on a single family lot. And that doesn't mean that you see that everywhere. You start seeing it pop up a little bit more here and there, but it's not like, okay, this is into law now. There's no such thing as one house on one lot. So that's one thing I want to start with. Um, so right now it's, the law is technically already allowing us to not have single family residences. So if you are one of, um, you know, the NIMBYs that is against this idea, just think of it like that. Like we've already had this in, in place for quite a while. Um, and, and it's not like things have changed drastically. So 
what this new law allows is if you have a single family residence, you are now allowed to subdivide the lot and have two single family residences. Now, that's two, but the way you are allowed to get four is each one of those residences is allowed their own ADU. So essentially, you can have two single family residences with their own ADUs. So one lot now becomes two lots, two single family residences, two ADUs. Um, There's certain restrictions of how this can be done, um, square footage, setbacks, all that good stuff. Um, But that's essentially the overall gist. Before this, in order to subdivide your lot, there were a lot of restrictions and you would have to go through um, approval. You'd have to go to seek, go through a CEQA review, which is a California Environmental Quality Act review where. Hey, everyone, a quick break to remind you that Mind Over ARE is open for only a few short days. So if you want to transform your exam process and get these exams done so you can be a licensed architect, then get in now while you can. I will put a link below, but again, it's dci.beyoungdesign.com slash mind dash over dash A-R-E. All right. I can't wait to see you in our next group. Enjoy the rest of the show. They review um, the impact to environmental conditions and whatnot. Um, with this new law, you no longer have to go through the CEQA process, which just is a lot of time and a lot of money. So um, it helps streamline streamlines things a bit more. Um, and it helps just, uh, kind of like sidestep all the hurdles that you used to have to go through in order to subdivide a lot, but they were very conscious of renters and low income when they were creating this bill. So they didn't want to, you know, start this new law and then have it bring in a bunch of developers and push people out. So here are some of the restrictions for this new law. The new zoning implications are for urban areas and um, urban clusters. So if you are on a farmland, if you're on a wetland, if you um, have a high risk of fire or flooding, then you cannot have, it won't work for your lot. So um, this is a way to preserve our farmland. So it's not like, okay, we're going to have these micro units and micro lots everywhere. It's really within the urban clusters that are already existing. So um, if you are if you are zoned for any farmland or, or wetland or anything like that, also historical districts, then you this doesn't apply for you. So um, that is one way to help um, keep our, our land without it all turning into housing, which is really important. And then also units reserved for low-income housing or that has been rented within the last three years, this will not uh, work for it. Um, It can't be altered or demolished. And uh, the point is that we don't want to be taking away affordable units in order to be creating this. We want to keep those and then create um, more housing elsewhere. So if you, for example, have a rental property um, even if it's a single family unit on a single family lot, if there have been renters in there within the last three years, 
you will not be able to do this. So in order to be able to do this in the future, you would have to um, move into that space essentially for three years, and then um, you can go through the process, um, which it might take three years even to get this whole process done and your jurisdiction approve it anyways. So not a bad call. Uh, I'll go into a little more of that in a minute. But um, there's also um, the local governments also can create their own rules and regulations. So this might include design standards. So um, you might only be able to design it a certain way, a certain look. It might have to resemble the main house. Um, There's setback requirements. There's max floor area, max um, lot coverage, height restrictions. There's a lot of restrictions that the local jurisdictions can still implement. So it's not like you can just build anything anywhere. If a lot has previously been subdivided, it can't be subdivided anymore. Uh, You can only subdivide one time. So you can actually go down to a 1,200 square foot lot, but you can only do that once. So say you have a 5,000 square foot lot, you can't subdivide it multiple times into Uh, 1,200 square foot lots. You can only do one subdivision um, with a minimum or yeah, minimum of 1,200 square feet. So that is preventing uh, developers to come in and make micro lots, essentially. The other thing with that, a way to prevent developers from coming in is the homeowner must live in one of the uh, lots. So, so a owner is required at this point to occupy one of the units. This used to be the rule with the ADUs. This is no longer the rule for um, San Diego. The owner does not have to occupy with this new bill uh, and and legislation. uh, The owner must occupy one of the units. The buildings must be a minimum of 800 square feet. And I'm not going to go into all the little details of requirements. Um, That could be like a whole nother episode. Um, It's also why you want to hire an architect to work with on this because there are a lot of restrictions like square footage and heights and setbacks like I mentioned. Um, I'm kind of just giving you like a rough overview of what can be done if it's feasible for you. And then, you know, come hire me and I'll help you out with making it work. (laughs) Okay, so some of the other kind of um, rules or limitations. The rental unit has to be rented for a a minimum of 30 days. So this is preventing Airbnbs and short-term rentals. So if you subdivide, you rent it, you can't just have an Airbnb come in. Also, the parcels must have access to a right-of-way, which basically means a street or an alley, some way to get in or out. Um, So this is one of my things that I think about uh, when I'm reading through this is you might be worried, oh no, my neighbor now is going to subdivide their lot, put an ADU on their space and build a whole nother single family residence and an ADU. But if there's a lot of things preventing this, one is the existing structure. Um, it, It might not, the site, the way everything's laid out might not be conducive for this layout. And in order to make it conducive, they may have to 
tear down essentially the entire existing house, which I think you're only, you have to keep 25% of the existing walls, uh, exterior walls of the main house. But there's a lot of limitations. So construction costs are one of them. It might just not be feasible to to tear down an, ex, an existing whole house just to build another one on with two ADUs. Even time it takes to get through the design process, the permit process, the construction process. I really don't think that the fabric of our neighborhoods is going to change immediately. Maybe down the line and maybe as you, you might start seeing old dilapidated cottages being primarily taken down and uh, you know more housing developed. But it's not going to be every single lot. It's not going to be every single neighborhood. Um, but what this does do is it prevents McMansions, which is really nice. It um, provides more opportunity for neighbors. And um, I would hope that people, as we start going in direction and learning more about sustainability, instead of making these McMansions, uh, we are able to be more comfortable in smaller square footage, but have these houses that, uh, you know, we have maybe now two or four units on what used to be a single family residence, but the houses are designed in a way that are respectful of their lot and their size. And so it's essentially feels the same as maybe like a McMansion on a single lot now where you're getting much more housing, if that makes sense. So when will this go into effect? This goes into effect only in a couple months, January 2022. But here's the thing with bills and laws and codes and zones. What happens is the state will put a law into effect, but now each jurisdiction has the responsibility to adopt that new ordinance. This we saw a lot with the ADUs. So the state said, okay, everyone can have an ADU. Um, these are the requirements. Well, now the state or the each jurisdiction says, you know, they review everything, they adopt that, and then they tailor it to their own. They still have to be within a certain, um, like certain parameters of the law, but they're able to add even more restrictions or, um, for example, the coastal overlay zone. If you are within that zone, which a lot of the houses in California are, then you have to go through a coastal permit in order to do an ADU. Um, They just changed that within the last year that ADUs do not have to have a coastal permit, but then, for example, San Diego still have been very slow to adopt that new rule. So now in California, as of December 2020, um, you don't have to go through coastal development permit if you do a certain certain things, like if it's attached, if you're remodeling an existing space and turning it into an ADU. But if you're doing a detached ADU, you still have to go through coastal overlay um, or you still have to get a coastal permit, which very expensive, a lot of time. So there's these certain restrictions that um, are put into place that I foresee this happening as well. Um, I would assume that this would require a coastal permit. It was a little vague in the bill whether it would or not. It just mentions that um, with the Coastal Act, you could be essentially um, 
required to do that. So I'm saying this because, yes, the bill goes into effect in a couple months, but by the time the jurisdiction, so um, like I'm in San Diego, so by the time San Diego approves this, reviews it, writes their own rules and regulations, it could be a year. It could be two years. So um, if this is something you want to do on your lot, I think it's worth getting the process started because even, you know, the whole process could take a long time. Um, But just have the understanding that it's not going to be something that you can go and get a permit for in January. Um, It's going to take a little bit of time for the local local legislations to um, put it into their own code. With this said, this um, happened with ADUs again. I was doing an ADU when the bill was like a month old. So the city was unaware of a lot of the rules and and I would say the city employer employees were um, unaware of a lot of the rules. So I would go into meetings and ask, okay, can I do this, this, and this? And they're like, I think so. I'm not totally sure. So I would foresee this being the same. It's going to be a learning curve, not only for the architects, the contractors, um, the clients themselves, the lawyers, um, but it's also going to be a learning curve for the people actually reviewing the projects and approving them. So the process is going to be um, a learning process. So just go into it knowing that. Um, that's always the case when new bills um, go into place especially when it's something like this that's like really changing up uh, the zoning. I was surprised when I saw that the minimum lot square footage is only 1,200 square foot. I would have assumed it would be like 2,500 or something. Um, So this may be something that the city would alter. I'm not sure really uh, what their allowance is with creating the restrictions, but um, I know there's going to be setback restrictions. There's going to be height restrictions. There will likely be some sort of um, design standards, which um, I know some like coastal communities have really strict design standards. Other ones, it's fun because you can do like mullet houses where um, the ADU is totally different than the other one. So we'll see how it all plays out. But this is... um, this is one of the reasons why it's not like all of a sudden suburbia is dead and your neighborhood fabric is going to be totally altered. Maybe in 10 years, things will look a little bit different than they do now, but it's going to be a slow process. And really, we should all look at this as a benefit to help provide more housing. Um, hopefully, a lot of architects can come in and design it very tastefully and beautifully so that um, overall, we all win. We all can have a beautiful space of our own. We can have some outdoor space. We can, um, you know, live in harmony with one another. (laughs) That's my optimistic outlook on uh, how this all can go. So congratulations, California. I think this is really big news for us. Congratulations, NIMBYs. I don't think this is going to change your backyard or your neighborhood quickly. Um, I also think this is great because there are certain restrictions, so developers aren't just going to come in and and take over the place. But 
this is a really good opportunity for homeowners. And I think this is a great opportunity too for first time homeowners that may be looking at ways to buy a home, but create some sort of other option. I think also people uh, today who are buying homes that are younger, you know, these, you know, millennials, but also now this next generation, they look at things differently. They look at housing differently. So I think all of this is going to come into play. And I think it's um, a progressive way to look at it. And there's lots of studies done for healthy urbanism to figure out how we can um, live healthier, happier lives. And I really do think this is a step in the right direction. So I hope that was concise enough to give you an idea of what's going on with this new law. I know a lot of people have been asking about it. If you are a homeowner and interested in seeing how this could affect your house, reach out to us. You can go to my website, beyonddesign.com and get in touch and we can do you know, a, a property report to figure out how this would look, how access would be made, how, you know, how we can even do this on your lot. Or um, if you just have questions about it, you can also check out the bill itself, SB9, um, and read through it. It's a lot of legal jargon, but um, you know, I think that there's some good information. I'll also put together a little blog post about this with some bullet points and highlights so that you can reference it um, and get an idea. So uh, I wanted to make another one of these videos for the ADU laws that changed because there's been a lot of really great changes with the ADU laws, which is kind of crazy. Like, for example, no parking required in certain instances. Um, I just haven't gotten around to it. So if you are interested in ADU video as well uh, for what's been the changes since last December, which I can't believe it's already been almost a year, but um, leave me a comment and let me know and I will try to put that together as well. If you have any other questions about it, leave a comment, let me know. If this is helpful, share it so that we can get the news out and hopefully make this a little bit more understandable for everybody. Um, and also with, I'm going to leave a caveat, is that this is a new bill. I read through the legal jargon. Um, I read through a couple articles. This is what I have taken away from it. If you have interpreted it a different way, let me know. Um, this is all part of the learning process of a new bill. So open to discussion, leave a comment, let's talk about it. And I will get back to my normal schedule on here, Design, Create, Inspire soon, I promise. There's just a, uh, some things happening here, um, but we will get back to normal and I look forward to talking to you guys more. All right, have a wonderful day. Before you head out, just a friendly reminder that once again, the doors for Mind Over Airy are officially open, but they will close soon so that we can get started with our next group. So jump in now. I can't wait to get started and I'm excited to meet you and hear all about your exam journey. Have a beautiful day.